as an educator, if I want to reach not just students in my own class, but students from, uh, you know, throughout London and the UK and further afield, you have to be on social media platforms. Hello and welcome to Interface, a brand new podcast for education professionals all about online life. We're here to help teachers to support children and young people in all that they do online so they can be safe, confident and happy. What many of them are doing online right now is messing about on TikTok. And let's be very clear about this. They're not the only ones. Instagram sort of gave me a bit of training for TikTok. To be honest, I'm in early days of my TikTok adventures. We've got a very exciting guest for this first episode, well known to any fan of University Challenge. Uh, he's also been on Pointless and House of Games. I've heard him described as the maths answer to Joe Wicks. My name is Bobby Seagull. Professionally, I'm a school maths teacher. Since my time on the Game Show University Challenge, I've had a platform to sort of share my love for math, science, education, reading. So I presented shows for the BBC, Channel 4, I write for newspapers, write books, lots of media things, but ultimately my love is for education and maths. It's only because my students kept on saying, I, you know, they would say, I'm a seagull, do you use social media? And I'd say, oh, follow me on Twitter. And they're like, sir, we don't use Twitter. I said, Facebook. They said, oh, Facebook is for their parents. YouTube, yes, I do put content on YouTube. But again, my students say, sir, YouTube's too long. 15-minute videos, they can't last that long. So I started putting out some Instagram reels and TikTok. So yeah, a bit of a different approach here, isn't it, really? Using something like TikTok to try and inspire your learners. Is this future teaching? Gareth, are you thinking of going back into teaching and you'll be on TikTok? Is that is that what we're looking at? Well, surely if I was going to do that, I wouldn't need to go back into teaching. I could just run it from TikTok. So lots of different things that we can discuss here, and I think we're going to hear lots of different perspectives on this as well. First of all, though, as this is a brand new podcast series, you might be wondering, what is this actually all about? Who are these people? What's going on here? What am I listening to? And more importantly, what is the benefit to me of listening regularly to the Interface podcast series? We ought to take a minute to answer those questions. So welcome. My name's Gareth Court. I'm an online safety consultant for Southwest Grid for Learning. Uh, I'm also a qualified primary school teacher. My name's Jess Macbeth. I'm an online safety consultant as well. And we're actually both from Southwest Grid for Learning, which is one third of the UK Safer Internet Centre alongside brilliant colleagues at Childnet and the Internet Watch Foundation. And this Interface podcast series is part of that work. We're going to cover all aspects of digital and online life for children and young people, but particularly from the perspective of you, teachers and educators. There's a few episodes in your feed already, and we're planning to put out new episodes every single month. And there's one other thing to know about how all of this is working. We will be joined each episode by one of four young adult co-hosts, one of Ailish, Bill, Morgan and Princess. We'll meet them all in various episodes across the series, but this time we've got Princess Lowell. Princess, hello. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, so I am in my second year of university at Birmingham City and then studying media communication. And I like to think of myself as a high consumer of social media. Oh, do you? Everything social. I'm on it. Oh, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear all like this. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, look, it's great to have you with us and the other three that we're going to meet in future episodes. It's so important to have that voice of someone with lived experience of navigating online life as a young person and not as an oldie, isn't it, Gareth? Indeed. Yes. Who, so, wait, hold on. Who are you calling old? <laughs> 
So that's the scene set. Everyone knows who everybody is now and what's going on, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do it. Okie dokie. Let's get into the chat about TikTok and teachers. Our first interview of Interface Series is with celebrity maths teacher and social media fan, Mr. Bobby Seagull. So it's really nice to meet you, Bobby. So my first like question would be, so you're a teacher. I've always wondered why people wanted to be teachers because it's a really difficult job. But I always appreciated, I think I had one teacher who really, really helped me with like biology, I think it was. And to have that support was everything to me because I never really had people believe in me like that. And just her confidence in me really helped me that makes such a big difference doesn't right, it yeah it made a huge difference most people can tell you a teacher like you yourself princess someone that believed in them and they made a big difference to their outlook she made a massive impact like in my home life you could really see me grow it was really strange and like as I went into uni I was like oh my gosh like I had the confidence to do things I always appreciated people that love teaching that love their job because you can see it and you see it in your your work so have you ever seen like your students come back and been like Yo, sir, you really helped me out. Like, to be honest, it's quite regularly. Even yesterday, I was out shopping and there's like a, an adult with two children. And one of them said, oh, hi, sir. And I said, oh, hello. And I was like trying to work out, okay, when did I teach you? Was it last year, two years ago. But I taught him literally two months ago. I was like, oh, Dylan. Hi, Dylan. So students, once they leave the school, they'll always be your student. Even myself, I can't call my teachers by their first name. Like they'll call me Charlie. I'm like, no, no, you're Mr. Farley. And I'm like, well, you can call me Bobby now. They're like, no, 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 you're Mr. Seagull. Bobby, tell me, I used to be a primary school teacher, so I've had the same thing. And I, I think I've reached that age now where you, where you do get grown adults coming up to you and they talk to you. And, and it was a case that I taught them when they were seven. So in my mind, they're still like a seven-year-old, <laughs> but now they're obviously a grown adult. Do you still have that as well, where you pitch your students at the age they were rather than kind of thinking that they're adults now? Yeah, absolutely. Again, Josh, for example, I used to remember Josh as a 12-year-old boy, really cute and short and forgetting his things. And now he's like a proper grown adult. Uh, talking to me, you know, technically on the same level because we are both adults. But in my mind, I still see back the young Josh that I first met when he was 11, 12. So it's difficult to shake that off. <laughs> so where do you think your love of maths comes from? Because you said you said about your love of teaching. Where, where does your love of maths come from, though? So actually, it came from football. So most people assume I loved it in school. I did like it in school, but not always. It was actually... So in the mid-90s, even now, uh, people collected football stickers and football sticker books. In fact... I'm such a nerd. If I got it in my this is me as a proper adult, I still collect football stickers. I'm you know podcast listeners can't uh, <laughs> see this, but I'm actually taking out a sticker book, the 2022. And sticker books are treasure troves of information. They're like names, ages, data uh, about goal scored, left foot, right foot, penalties, appearances. And friends used to make comparisons about players often without any evidence. And I would like go back to the sticker book and I had an early version of Excel inputted in lots of data and would sort of do simple comparisons saying, actually, you're incorrect because Matthew Letizia had less goals per game average if you exclude penalties. <laughs> so like, I, I found like data gave me real comfort. And hence I found, oh, maths is a subject where lots of numbers, lots of data. So actually, thank you, football. For getting me into maths. Very, very good. And we can see in the background there that you're a Hammers fan as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, which, as a Spurs fan, I, I appreciate. I appreciate <laughs> healthy, healthy rivalry. <laughs> oh, that's it. I like that. So let's, obviously, our podcast is about the internet 
So it'd be great to talk about sort of your influence there and the things that you've been using too. We've seen that, you know, you're, you're making stuff on TikTok, you're making things on, on Twitter and other social media platforms. Why, why did you decide to kind of delve into that as a teacher? So actually, I remember my first experience of using social media was I used to be a head of a maths department in an East London state school. And there we were promoting maths in the local area, competitions, community events. So our head teacher said, oh, Bobby, what, you know, you're, you're a relatively young teacher. Why don't you set up a maths Twitter account for our department? So I did. And that was my first experience using it professionally. And actually, I started using it personally after my time on University Challenge when I realized oh, I could interact with fans uh, from the game show. And I sort of now have a two-pronged approach because it's almost like it's professional and personal, but it's almost like melded into one. Professionally, I use it to like talk about maths and education, uh, literacy, numeracy, engaging with, you know, people that work in policy, people that work in think tanks. But also there's the element of personal. You know, I talk about, you know, a couple of days ago, I had a really huge not a cheesecake, it was like a banoffee, toffee cake. And I post on social media saying, guess how many calories this is. And that's clearly not to do, not anything to do with being a mathematician. But I think on social media, if you're an individual as opposed to an institution, people sign up to follow me because they think, oh, Bobby Siegel, the mathematician, the math teacher. But they also want hints of your personality to make it a bit fun. So I think, yeah, professional, but elements of like, you know, my personal life. If I've had a late night McDonald's, I'll share it and say, oh no, not again, McDonald's. Is, is there <laughs> anything you have to consider around that? So but being a teacher and the fact that I, I imagine some of your, your pupils do see those posts that you, you put up, do you have to kind of do anything to kind of manage those conversations and those boundaries between sort of professionalism and friendliness? Absolutely. And the way I think about it is anything that I post, whether it's my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram, my YouTube or TikTok or LinkedIn, etc., could I justify that to senior management in schools? If, if they put me in front on Monday morning and said, Bobby, we, we saw you posted this uh, about West Ham beating Tottenham. <laughs> um, can, you, can I justify it to them? If I can't justify it to them or it's unprofessional, then I wouldn't post it. So even though it is, I do post things about my personal life, I always think, can I justify this as a head teacher? If I can't, then I won't post it. That's a very safe approach to take, definitely. And I think I think that probably sidesteps a lot of hurdles as well. Mm. Um, so have you found on different platforms that you tend to focus on different types of content? So for example, TikTok's so visual-based and so video-based. Has, has that kind of changed your approach to things at all? Yeah, it has. Because my first experience of, of social media as a communicating externally was Twitter. And that's very much character-based. Was it 140 characters, which is very pithy, very short. And it ended up being 280. And then I started using Instagram, which obviously had pictures with some videos. So Instagram sort of gave me a bit of training for TikTok. To be honest, I'm in early days of my TikTok adventures. But I know for my students, it's only because my students kept on saying, I, you know, they would say, I'm a seagull, do you use social media? And I'd say, oh, follow me on Twitter. And they're like, sir, we don't use Twitter. I said, Facebook. They said, oh, Facebook is for their parents. YouTube, yes, I do put content on YouTube. But again, my students say, sir, YouTube's too long. 15-minute videos, they can't last that long. So I started putting out some Instagram reels. And TikTok is, I feel as if with the younger generation, partly because the, the, the videos are short in 15 to 60 seconds, I started putting out videos there. But it's one of the things, I have, I have some friends that are almost like professional TikTok creators, it can be a full-time job. I have other full-time jobs, you know, my teaching, my PhD. So to create, to get into social media as a side hobby is tricky, but long-term, that's the sort of the, the train of movement towards, 
you know, young people and adults consuming information there, whether it's news. Even again, I've read a lot of stuff about how BBC is now entering TikTok because they realise that not all people will sit down and watch the nine o'clock or 10 o'clock news. So as an educator, if I want to reach not just students in my own class, but students from, uh, you know, throughout London and the UK and further afield, you have to be on social media platforms. And TikTok is, again, that's the main reason. My student, to be honest, every Friday, they, my students harass me in the nicest way saying, sir, when's your next video coming out? Um, I tell them to do their homework and we'll have a discussion after class. <laughs> it's nice to be in demand, isn't it? <laughs> do you feel like your students actually enjoy the content that you create? Yeah, because I think, okay, because when students consume social media, A, they don't consume it in school because they're not allowed to use phones in school. It's outside of school hours. Um, they're not using it to learn necessarily. They're using it to have fun, pass time. But I do find students, you know, my, my students in particular, if they find things that engage them and educate them at the same time and entertain them, then they're like, oh, it's a win-win for everyone. So I think with, with TikTok, it's trying to find content that has like a message. For example, one of mine's about where does the number zero come from? That's educational, but does it in a, in a sort of lighthearted um, way that engages them because it's not a lesson. Because in school, you know, we've got the curriculum to get through, we've got questions to get through, we've got exams and assessment to prepare for. So it's very clear that, you know, even in school sometimes, my students say, Mr. Seagull, I thought you were the fun teacher. You're making us do really tricky, challenging questions, you know, against the clock and in silence. I know because like I would say, students, you know, we're here to pass your exams. But with my social media platform, I can be a bit more fun. People don't have objectives to get through. They are primarily scrolling to enjoy themselves. And if you can get some interesting educational messages at the same time, then the better. Do you think it's like becoming a new way to educate and reach children now oh, to be able to use TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all of that? Yeah, 100%. Because I think just the way in which people consume media. Again, if I think back to growing up, in the evenings or weekend, I'd watch BBC or ITV, mainstream television, switch on the telly. There'd be, you know, CBBC and they'd have some like Blue Peter. So that was my main way of consuming information outside of the class. Young people now, as soon as they leave the school gates, will have their phone, switch it on, start messaging each other and then checking their TikTok feeds, Instagram feeds, etc. So if you want to be part of a movement, like especially a maths education, that engages people. Again, the way I think about it is, Maths is not just something done at school within nine to three. Maths and numeracy in particular are skills that young people and adults need throughout the rest of their lives, whether it's baking a cake or planning a journey to school or budgeting or thinking about whether they can afford university tuition fees. You want people to feel comfortable in numeracy throughout. So therefore, the more people like me can show that maths is fun and something that exists outside of the classroom, and that means using platforms like TikTok, I think the better. This is Interface, a podcast for teachers. It's all about digital and online life, brought to you from Southwest Good for Learning. We'll be back with Bobby Seagull very soon. The Interface podcast is all about keeping children, young people and education communities safe, happy and confident in everything relating to technology and online life. And the other thing to know is that SWGFL, the people behind Interface, have a whole host of support, tools and resources. We also have a number of helplines available. One of these is POSH, the Professionals Online Safety Helpline, which is open to any educators and professionals who need support with an online safety issue. Give us a call. Thanks, Jess. And not only that, schools and other organisations can download the Report Harmful Content button to add to their website to support any user over the age of 13 in reporting anything they experience online that they find harmful or worrying. Also, take a look at our 360-degree safe tools. These tools support a comprehensive, whole-school approach to online safety. 
There's also Project Evolve, an educational toolkit to support digital competency in children and young people. There is a lot available and it's free. Free is always good. And you're right, Jess, it is a lot. And I appreciate it's a lot for you to take in listening like this. So don't worry if you've been scrabbling around for a pen or you're not sure where the pause or rewind buttons are. You can find all of this information online at swgfl.org.uk. And you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at swgfl underscore official. Also, we've put all the links you need in the show notes for the Interface series that you'll find in your podcast player. And we're back. This is Princess Lavoie with online safety consultants Jess Macbeth and Gareth Court. Also with us, of course, is the maths teacher and social media fan Bobby Seagull. So obviously you're... you're really keen on Bobby and, and you're using lots of different platforms and you're, you're putting a lot of content out there for for young people but also for, for your fans and other audiences too do you have many colleagues at school that are kind of proactive in using social media or is it something you feel they they kind of shy away from a bit teachers most teachers are very busy in their normal school time and the thought of having to do something outside of that relating to your curriculum or teaching is like oh you know they, they need a bit of downtime so I'm not going to say all teachers must have social media but the one again most teachers use social media for personal uh, reasons again they're private accounts not publicly accessible but there are you know even in my own school there are teachers that will post English content or science content on their sort of not personal platforms but like on their like they have like a Mr x or or miss y account which is their public account the difficulty can be of maintaining it because one thing i found is you can have a platform but if you're not posting content regularly you know whether it's like twice a week or once a week whatever it is you can lose traction with your fan base so it's challenging it's one thing having an account but it's the second thing posting regular again with my tiktok i found out i started off early posted content and then after a while you had you know exams coming up and you're away for a week for filming and then you're like oh i haven't posted content for a few weeks so there is a issue of needing to post regular content i think almost summer holidays is the ideal time to build up a backlog of content i get the impression your school is quite supportive of you using social media to to get these messages out in, in this way do they have any specific guidance for you and your colleagues about about how to kind of maintain those distinctions you talked about having like a a Mr X or Miss Y account Mm. as a public account and then obviously their own private and personal ones but do the the school provide any more kind of advice or help yeah I think it's like one of the key things is obviously basic things like not following students of your own not messaging them not direct messaging them sometimes my own students will post or like if I post like a I have a maths appeal podcast and I'll post puzzles weekly and sometimes my own students will post on my feed the answer. So when it's like in a professional capacity that in theory that I would address to any other student in the country, it's fine. But if they're asking me personal questions uh, or DMing me, then it's like, no, I don't even respond. I don't, you know, I leave it in the spam box as it were. So I think it's just a case of, I always think back to that again, the schools, school has like a really set of long guidelines, which, you know, I've obviously read, but I don't remember the final details. And I always just think back to the, the, the broad overarching principle of could I explain this to the head teacher on Monday? If I can and justify it, like for example, again, generally I try to avoid engaging with my own students. You know, they're posting answers because then they'll like use it as a way to talk to me. So, oh, sir, I post the answer to you. Have you not replied? I try to avoid, but if it's something that I would respond to another, let's say 14 year old student, if they posted an answer to one of my puzzles and would I respond the same thing to them? Then I think I will say it's acceptable use of my social media. Regarding like safety and things like that, obviously TikTok and specifically TikTok has become mm. quite popular. Do you, does the school have like new ways of how to 
work around resolve issues that have gone on online because I know e-safety has kind of changed mm. um, in a way so I don't know how what do you guys now do if like something happens on an app like that how do you resolve that in school yeah it's, it's a tricky one because it's something where a lot of teachers are not necessarily they may use it but not as well as our our students our students are the experts and the second thing is like any it's not just TikTok but any social media platform can not just be used but abused and sometimes we've had it, not just in my own school, schools in the in the borough, and I know teachers in other schools have issues where teachers have been embarrassed by students, students posting TikToks about, you know, naming different teachers and, and you know, using their name in an embarrassing way. And it's a case of, with our students, obviously, they're not allowed to use phones in school, but we make it clear that there are clear red lines, like your social media outside of school is your own, is your own. But if you do anything that damages the reputation of the school, yourself or a teacher, that's something that the school can intervene and, and speak to your parents and try to address it. Because it, it, whilst we encourage students to use social media, they've still got to learn to use it in a responsible way. Because ultimately, these will become adults that are in workplaces, you know, people that are employees, you know, they go to work nine to five, do their job. But outside of work, if they suddenly start doing embarrassing things, or defamatory things that's still not acceptable and they can be pulled up at work so students are, are no different again they can use social media for fun but if they do things that we regard as beyond our school policies we will still call them up on it very well said and and we totally agree sort of striking that balanced approach i think is is the best way to enjoy so what social media has to offer mm. uh what would be your top tips for any teacher who who really wants to get stuck into using social media in a way that's going to help their students and other students around the country so two actually can i can i do this into two tips <laughs> the first one is yes i'm cheating slightly as a math teacher, actually, we'll count one. The first one is follow as many uh, accounts of educational creators because the best way of learning is from others who have done it because they've gone on a journey themselves. Uh, they'd have you know learned things that work and don't work. So follow loads of really good accounts out there in your field and wider education. But the second thing is is just put content out. So many people, including myself, were like, oh, I've got to make this perfect video, going to write the script, going to edit it, got to wait for the perfect lighting, got to put the subtitles out there. Oh no, subtitles aren't perfect, let me re-edit it. And then you end up taking like two months to produce content. So that I would say like produce content almost like little and often. And then over time, you'll learn what your audience likes and what they don't like. But I think it's put yourself out there. Don't wait for the perfect moment because there really is never a perfect moment. Just start creating content as soon as possible. That's great advice. Thank you. And as uh, as a fellow perfectionist teacher, I've, I've fallen <laughs> into that trap many, many times. So yeah, that's that's really good advice. So thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to speak to us on the podcast and, and giving your insights. And it's great to hear about all your successes as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Our pleasure, Gareth. Thank you, Prince, as well. So that was Bobby. And you know, for me, I think his enthusiasm for social media definitely shines through. It definitely inspires me as a teacher to want to do more on social media. Uh, well, what do you guys think? I actually do think it's a really good way to communicate with children and get to them. Like, I even find myself on TikTok on the educational side of it, especially when it's fun, because you get just like a lot of facts, things that you didn't even think you needed to know but they make it so interesting that you want to know like you'll have five minute videos and I think I'm not going to stay to this this is maths and I've watched the whole thing completely so I think it's a really good way to start to make education fun again for children especially 
in this day and age. Is that, do you think that's what it is then? It's about being like fun and enthusiastic and I don't know, I'm kind of thinking attention spans and everything's got to be now, now, now. Is that what you think? Is that that what makes it work? This is what I was thinking because I have a really short attention span, but honestly, <laughs> that no, it's very, very bad. It's, it's, I'm working on it. Um, but honestly, when something's fun, you don't realise. You know, how they, what's the saying? Time flies when you're having fun. So you just don't even realise. But when something genuinely is like, oh, like like I said, I'll literally sit on TikTok on a five minute video about maths. But it's really just fun when a teacher makes the effort to make sure that you enjoy what you're learning and that you understand what you're learning. It makes you feel really good about yourself. So I really think that he's doing a really good job. Is is there a kind of very fine line here, though, between like being down with the kids, in inverted commas, and, Did being, you just do air quotes, <laughs> and being someone who's just trying to be like young people? You know it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I voiced it. I mean, I think that's fun. It's fun when like a teacher's trying... And they're, you know, it's not cool. It's very uncool, actually, but it's that makes it more fun. Do you know what I mean? Because you see the effort, so you're trying to just, you know, help them out to make them feel a bit more better about themselves. It's all part of it, to be honest. So, so what you're saying, what you're saying, <laughs> Princess, is essentially like the students are, are out of out of some kind of pity are trying to make teachers feel better for the fact they're I mean, trying hard on social media. Is that I it? I mean, <laughs> we see the effort you put in. Do you know what I mean? We're just trying to help out. I think once you, we once we see the effort you put in, we're going to have to reciprocate because we see you trying. So, so, so it's endearing then. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to help out. Is it? What, what about younger? children i mean obviously bobby's a secondary school teacher so it's it's not so much of an issue if his students follow him on tiktok but if you were say a primary school teacher and you wanted to try and use it even though you know all your you know your year fives your year sixes are on are on tiktok technically they shouldn't be i don't know if that creates some kind of conflict of interest there because you know that they're not the right age to be on the social media yet so if you stick stuff out there to try and appeal to that age are you inadvertently kind of encouraging them to go on it i think that's something that the online space has to work out. There's a very thin line because I understand what you're saying. It's a very thin line because they target stuff at younger people, but they'll say that the age limit for the app is like 13 upwards. But I think it would actually have to be the platform itself, the online platform that whoever's targeting the children, that they would have to work that out. What do you think, Jess? I'm thinking that wouldn't it be very interesting to have a chat with somebody from TikTok? Is what I'm thinking, which brings us into our next episode. And that's why we're going to be sticking with TikTok for episode two of Interface. It should actually already be in your podcast feed for you to listen to straight after this. And we've got a really interesting chat with Alexandra Evans, their European head of child safety. We are a platform with a billion users. We are working 24-7, 365 to make the platform as safe as it possibly can be. But we absolutely understand that there's no finish line and that sometimes we will make mistakes. Thank you for listening to this very first episode of Interface. Please subscribe so episodes magically download to your device. And better still, please recommend us to a friend or fellow teacher that might benefit from hearing these chats. We have been Gareth Court, Jess Macbeth and Princess Lowell. Interface is a podcast series from SWGFL, part of the UK Safer Internet Centre. Interface is produced by Karis Wool, with sound design by Joel Cox and original music by Alex Fraser. It's a bespoken media production.
Produced by Bespoken Media.